0: Hello, listeners. Miss O.D. here. I'm reading aloud from the one and only Bob by Catherine Applegate. And we are in an exciting part of the story. A huge storm has taken place, a tornado, lots of destruction at the park where Ivan and Ruby live, and Bob is being a really good helper And right now, uh, we just finished a section where um, a baby gorilla was rescued, Kudzu. And uh, it was Ruby's idea. So let's continue on. We are on page 184. um, And this section is titled, What's Out There? A handful of humans, firefighters and police mostly, have begun to roam the grounds. Checking out the damage. We pass a park employee with a weapon slung over his shoulder and a net in one hand. Trank gun, he tells a passing police officer. We don't know what's out there. She nods. How fast do they work? Um, on something like a big cat? He shakes his head. Not fast enough. I look over at Ruby. Stay close, kid. As we near the gorilla villa, what's left of it anyways, a screech hits my ears that makes the wailing police sirens sound like mewling kittens, or meowling kittens. It's Kenyani. She's frantically knuckle running back and forth near the collapsed gorilla villa. Chunks of cement, shredded wooden beams, and bent metal lie everywhere. A cluster of gorilla females and juveniles huddle not far from some rescue workers. There's mama! Kudzu cries, dashing toward a gorilla named Jody. I'm so horrified by the destruction that I've almost forgotten my muddy little charge. I really shouldn't be trusted as an ape sitter. Kudzu darts over to her mother's waiting embrace. Jody nuzzles her and strokes her and says soothing motherly gorilla things. Thank you, Jody mouths to me. Don't thank me, I say, looking over at Ruby. Thank this little gal. She figured out how to save Kudzu. Thank you. Ruby, isn't it Ivan's friend? Ruby gives a shy nod. We all helped. I provided moral support, I add. I flew, Mama, says Kudzu. Of course you did, dear, said, says Jody. Kenyani's fresh whales focus my mind. I-, I gotta go, I say. Ruby, you should stay here. I'm going for a no- no-nonsense voice, the one Julia uses on me when she calls me Robert. Let me see what's what. I'll be right back. No way, Uncle Bob, Ruby replies, just as firmly. I give up, but I'm afraid of what she might see, of what we both might see. Any sign of Ivan? I ask Jody. She shakes her head, a grim look clouding her eyes. With Ruby by my side, we approach the pile of wreckage that used to be the Gorilla Villa. And at the same moment, Ruby and I gasp. (gasps) There's Ivan's hand, barely peeking through the rubble. Not moving. I know that hand like the back of my own paw. No! Ruby screams, Uncle Ivan! I check the crowd. No sign of Julia or George, nothing. No Maya, either, or other keepers I recognize, just a few employees, several rescue workers, and two or 3 days dazed-looking visitors. Is he alive? A firefighter asks. Hand, whatever it's called, isn't moving, says another. Weaving my way through the tangle of legs, I climb up the rubble pile. I sniff a bit, and bark my loudest. Woof, 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 yes, he's alive. Get your rears in gear, Bark. Just like those overachieving rescue dogs in the Man's Best Friend show. I listen for a sound from Ivan. A grunt, a, a cry for help. Nothing. Still, he smells alive. At least I think he does. And that's good enough for me. Zena. Another dog races over, a tough looking German shepherd wearing an impressive glow in the dark vest and some booty things to protect her feet from the rubble. But I hold my ground. This is my friend we're talking about. I lick Ivan's hand. His fingers twitch. Well, that's all it takes to get both of us barking like maniacs. More people gather. I see Maya next to Ruby, which makes me feel better. Name, Sina, says the shepherd. Bob. I nudge Ivan's fingers with my nose. Nothing. And this is Ivan, my best bud. Mm, sorry to hear it. She replies, and I don't like the sound of her voice with great care and far too slowly for my taste, rescue workers begin removing chunks of the wreckage and tossing them to one side. Zena and me, we mostly stay out of the way, but every so often I lick Ivan's hand just so he knows we've got him covered. I glance over at Maya and Ruby. Maya's wiping tears from her eyes while she strokes Ruby's ears. Ruby is giving Maya a comforting trunk hug. Good old Ruby, wise beyond her years, that gal. I check the crowd again, still no sign of Julia or George. And that's when a sickening thought hits me like a bite to the belly. What if Ivan isn't the only one under the rubble? Dragon, more police cars and ambulances arrive at the park. A handful of keepers stream in, too, looking frantic and confused. The weirdest thing of all? Wandering through all the destruction are random park residents. Animals, birds, reptiles. Residents who most definitely do not belong in gorilla world. A police officer is chasing an armadillo. A great blue heron watches the mayhem from her position atop a giraffe statue. A wallaby pokes his nose out of a bush, his saucer eyes catching the fire engine lights. Nets, someone yells. We need more nets. An older gentleman holding a blue umbrella lets out a blood-curdling scream. Dragon! He cries. I swear to you, I just saw a baby dragon! Sir, says a keeper named Malik. No worries, that's actually a gila monster. His name is Gilligan. A paramedic raises his hand. Uh, they have like venom, don't they? They say a healthy adult won't die from it, Malik shrugs. Although they'll be in some serious pain. Wonderful, the paramedic mutters. I glance over my shoulder to see Sarah running toward Maya. I can't hear her words, but I can definitely see the worry in her eyes. Zena's ears tip forward. They're getting the cutters and the jaws of life. Jaws? I repeat. Don't like the sound of that. Spreads metal. They're probably getting close. Come on, we need to get out of the way. I ain't going anywhere. I hear you, she says, and I can tell from the weary sound of her voice that she's had this conversation before. But the best thing for Ivan right now is to let the humans do their thing. I think about it. I figure she's right. I give his fingers one last lick. They don't move. Nothing. Nada. We pick our way to the bottom of the debris pile. Hang in there, Ivan, I call. We love you, buddy. I mean, I know it's crazy, but I listen anyways, hoping for a sign, any sign that he's still with us. Hugging, I run to Kinyani. Don't worry, I tell her. He's gonna make it. I can tell she doesn't believe me. And from there, I head over to Maya and Sarah and Ruby. Maya has a radio handset in one hand, and for some reason, a young, squirmy meerkat in the other. Sarah kneels down and hugs me tighter than any sweater she's ever knit. Bob, she cries. What happened to your nose? And look at your paw. Some dogs don't like to be hugged that way. I'm one of them. But Sarah needs to do it. I can tell somehow. So I let her. Isn't so bad, really. Loose. A new police officer joins us. Officer Williams. She nods at Maya. You're with the park, right? Yes, I'm Maya. This, Officer Williams pauses. We need to get this under control. A-S-A-P. Winds are going to pick up, and we haven't even hit the eye. Storm surge could be an issue. This one's moving slow. We've got a skeleton staff here, says Maya, as the mute cat attempts to eat her earring. Early reports say maybe a third of the habitats are damaged or destroyed. She shakes her head. We've got some injuries and some possible fatalities, too. Human. Don't think so. Anything loose that could be a, you know, problem. And Maya presses her lips together. Yep. Such as a couple Florida panthers, gray wolves, python, maybe, possibly an alligator or two. American alligators, not Chinese. Well, I don't care if they're from Canada. If they eat people. We're in trouble. They don't. Typically. Typically? Officer Williams repeats. Well, that's reassuring. Sarah loosens her grips on me ever so tight, ever so slightly. Maya, she asks, voice trembling. Have you heard anything on the radio from George and Julia? I keep calling, but the cell towers are down. Nothing yet, Maya says but I'm sure they're fine. Nearest shelter's over at Lincoln Elementary, says Officer Williams. You should check there. Sarah frowns. They were probably right here before the tornado hit. We're searching the park, ma'am, says the officer. We'll find them if they're here. Uh, Everybody, clear out! A firefighter with a megaphone yells from a spot near Ivan. Could be danger of more collapse. We're working on this last metal beam. I look to see if Ivan's fingers are moving. Nothing. Hold on, Ivan! I yell. Nothing. Sometimes nothing is the worst sound in the world. Ruby lets out a little elephant cry. And then I realized... And then I realize maybe that's the worst sound in the world. CPR. The wind dies down to a whisper as if the world is holding its breath along with the rest of us. Do you have any vets standing by? Asks Officer Williams as two more ambulances screech to a halt nearby. Yes, Maya nods. Not sure when they'll get here, though. Officer Williams waves down an ambulance crew member. You ever give CPR to a gorilla? Mmm, primate's a primate, I guess, he says. But he doesn't look too sure. What's going on? We're waiting on equipment, but we're stretched pretty thin. Lots of structural damage on the north side of town, says Officer Williams. They're going to get a chain on that last beam? Try pulling it free with one of the cars. Is somebody under there? Gorilla, we think. Not sure what else or who else? I look at all the cement, all the wood and metal. Nobody could survive that, not even a silverback gorilla with the strength of eight men. And yet, Ivan's fingers moved, and then they didn't. Several minutes pass. The rain slows a bit along with the wind. And the crowd watches as three firefighters attach a long chain to the metal beam next to Ivan and then hook it to a tow bar on the rear of a police car. Back up, folks, calls the megaphone guy. Farther! The chain clanks and the car growls and the wheels squeal, grinding and groaning. Progress, just a bit. The big chunk of metal has definitely moved a whisker or two. More grinding. Wheels dig holes in the ground. Mud flies like thick brown rain. A lurch, a snap, clanks and rumbles as the big beam jerks free. The rescue workers move in, digging with their bare hands. Cement and dust and metal and bits and pieces of Gorilla World are everywhere. But where is Ivan? No. No movement. Nothing. But after a few more minutes, one thing is clear. A gorilla-shaped mound has appeared, covered by dust and dirt and debris and splattered with rain. It just lies there. I've lost a lot in my life. My whole family. Stella. But Ivan. It can't happen, not Ivan. Miracle, the mound sits up. Gorilla Ghost, Ivan emerges from a cloud of dust like a jumbo sized ghost. He blinks several times, coughs, shakes, stretches a little. He's holding a banana, which he proceeds to eat. Everyone, and I do mean everyone, cheers. Woohoo! yeah! Wolf on the run. I scramble over to Ivan and he gives me a look that says, you're the best, Bob. I thought you were a goner, I say, licking some banana goo off his chin. Me too. Ivan seems a little dazed. His eyelashes are white with dust. What happened anyway? Tornado. Ruby okay? Kenyani? Julia? George? I haven't seen Julia or George yet. Kenyani's over there carrying on. A paramedic holding a box of medical equipment approaches us nervously. I've got this, calls a woman I recognize as one of the park veterinarians. The paramedic looks happy to step aside. The vet gently but firmly pushes me out of the way. I'll be back, I tell Ivan. I run to Kinyani. He's good, totally good. The look of joy in her eyes makes me want to give her an affectionate nose nudge. Almost. From there, I join Ruby and Maya. (gasps) I was so scared, Bob! Ruby whispers. Me too, I admit. Me too. But he's fine. I promise. We watch a pair of otters dart past, chased by a guy with a net. One of the firefighters who had been clearing debris yells, We're clear here! No sign of other victims! Sarah closes her eyes and I can smell her relieved tears. While Maya listens to her walkie-talkie, trying to take stock of the damage to the park, Officer Williams's police radio hisses and crackles with new problems, new flooding, new dire predictions. Uh, copy that, she says into her radio. Even with the chaos and noise, I'm close enough to the radio to catch the tinny sound of Frantic barking. Uh, We've got a unit reporting the animal shelter down the street is flooding, Officer Williams says. Also, we've got trailer park damage on 12th Street, an oak down at Nelson Avenue blocking traffic, and a big rig overturned near the fairgrounds, and that's just for starters. Out of the corner of my eye, I notice something airborne. It's graceful and bold, like a huge wingless bird. And the crowd gasps. (gasps) It's Kimu. He lands on the hood of Officer Williams' squad car. His eyes are glazed, his coat wet and shimmering. "Uh, We've got a 1091 here, Officer Williams whispers into her receiver. Confirmed. Uh, seems there's a wolf on top of my vehicle. And slowly, she reaches for the pistol on her hip. Please advise. Shots fired. Several officers raise their guns. The tranquilizer dart guy takes aim to, no, Maya yells, no guns. Kimu blinks, eyes darting right and left, and then leaps off the car with such grace and speed, it's like he owns the wind. Two shots ring out. Silence follows. Was he hit? Someone asks. Maya closes her eyes. I sure hope not. I sure hope so, someone else says. Jungle. As I watched that leap, watched Kimu fly, I didn't know what to think. Part of me was like, go for it, dude. And the other part of me was thinking, it's a jungle out there. A situation. Officer Williams climbs onto a picnic table. Someone hands her a megaphone so she can be heard over the din. Folks, she yells, listen up. We've got a handful of animal control workers coming over, but several roads are already flooded out, and the weather guys are saying Gus is going to take his sweet time. Meantime, park supervisors call in more help, but only if your workers can get here safely. The unmistakable roar of a big cat rolls over us like slow thunder. Any more trank guns? Officer Williams asks the park director, who's just arrived. Three in reserve, she answers. Nets? We have a dozen. Okay, then, Officer Williams' radio crackles. And I can hear more shouting, more barking dogs. Shelter's flooding, she says. Yeah, that's happened there before, the director says, usually just a foot or two of water. Okay, public, public safety is where we start, Officer Williams wipes rain from her forehead. We need to get the word out that these animals are on the loose. Of course, says the director. We have protocols in place, but we need to be careful how we word this. People might overreact. Might. Ma'am, a firefighter interrupts. I see a python in my backyard. I'm sure as heck going to overreact. First things first, says Officer Williams. Triage in the main office. Check wreckage for any survivors, human or animal. Fan out with trank guns. Get an inventory on how many animals are loose. I wonder how it's possible that Officer Williams can seem so composed. The air reeks with fear from animals, birds, people. From me. And yet, she doesn't seem worried about herself. Just other people. Weird the way some humans stick their necks out for others. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Again, the crackle, the hiss, the barking. My ears perk up for a minute. Was that a familiar voice? Maybe someone I know is in the slammer. I'm going to the shelter at the elementary school, Sarah says. Her hands are trembling, but her voice is firm. To look for George and Julia, just in case. She strokes my head and I'm happy to let her. I wonder if I should tag along with her, see if I can help out. Now that I know Ivan and Ruby are safe. Hiss, crackle, meow, bark. I hear it again. My ears go on alert. My body goes rigid. No, it's impossible. Never. Some barks you never forget one place i know what i have to do despite all the the, despite the turmoil all around me the noises the smells the fear the confused humans the frantic animals despite my worry about julia and george i know there's one place i need to be and we're gonna stop there for today